Welcome to another episode of Truth Be Told, the podcast. It's the comedy storytelling podcast where I have fabulous guests on the show and they share true stories from their real life that revolve around a theme that changes up every single episode. Yeah, you probably know that though because you're probably a regular listener or a subscriber or uh, or maybe this is your first time hearing Truth Be Told. And if that's the case, boy oh boy did you pick a good episode to start listening on. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm so happy with how it turned out. This may be a new favorite. This episode might be my new favorite. So I'm not going to take too much time off the top. I'm not going to waste your time. I'm just going to hop into the theme. Um, the theme of this episode is close calls. Woo! You know what I mean by that, right? Like, um, that could be positive or negative. You know, when you have a close call, like, like a near-death experience, or you almost did something you knew you would regret for years. That's a good close call. Uh, but there's also, uh, close calls that kind of devastate you, you know, like a regret, like, like maybe you almost, you almost had that, that thing and it was within reach, but then it just, it just slipped out of your hand. You know, that feeling when the lottery ticket, the winning lottery ticket that you're holding blows away in the wind. Nobody has that story on the show, but could you imagine if they did? That'd be so good. But seriously, guys, all my guests today are master storytellers, all of them. They just, they killed it. It was great. Um, and it is the most insane panel discussion this show has ever had. I, I was so frustrated recording with these two dum-dums, Sean Kinley and Tom Colam. You'll hear my frustration. It's all real. I was ready to smack the shit out of both of them, but <laughs> it was so much fun. Uh, it's crazy. So yeah, close calls. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I had so much fun recording it. Oh, you know what? I'm not going to tell a story, but I am going to uh, share a quote that is related to the theme. I was trying to find a quote about close calls, and then I found a classic poem, a poem that everyone was forced to read in English class at some point, and it really makes you think about choices in life. It is, of course, the poem by Robert Frost, The Road Not Taken. And I'm just uh, stealing a little quote from the final stanza that really hit home for me. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some close calls we don't get to make a choice on, but sometimes a close call is you just looking down the barrel of life, and you gotta make your choice. And it's a gamble. Life's a gamble. But if you make no choices, you know, that's also a choice. Inaction is an action. And that'll fuck you up too. What are the right answers, guys? Oh my god, I'm getting stressed. Alright, let's just jump in. (laughs) 
I'm sitting with Paul Bates. Mm -hmm. Paul Bates is a comedian and actor. He was uh, on the Second City main stage. How many reviews did you do? Yeah, I did um, six, I guess. That's how many you did. And Six. I, and then I directed one more. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. You're, you are a staple of this community. Oh, yeah. You've been around forever. It's been, well, I mean, let's not say forever. Forever's <laughs> a long time. But it's safe to say I've been around for 20 years in this community. So That's forever. Let's see. Well, again, <laughs> let's call it... Um, uh, veteran. Let me say I'm a yeah, veteran. Yeah, he's yeah, a yeah. seasoned vet. I started young, so I'm not. I don't want to sound like I'm old, ancient here. I just started super young. Yeah. Yeah. Paul Bates was a child actor of the Second City yeah, main stage. That's right. I was. He's yeah. a mere 25 right now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. And today he's on the show because he has more stories of close calls than anybody I know. You have a lot of stories where. Something, you just narrowly escaped a bad situation. Almost got hit by a van the other night. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. I was walking uh, late oh, at a night. a third story, guys. <laughs> through an alley. This is a very short story. I was a little high, walking through an alley, and a van didn't see me, and I was not in the state to jump out of the way, so it just backed up right up to, like, my face, and then took what? off again. And I was, yeah. So Okay, so... Watch out. Watch out for those vans so you're, if you're elected to use the cannabis, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're. I can't tell if this means you're a lucky guy or being a close call guy. Does that mean you're not lucky? I don't know. I'm an extremely lucky person. Okay, great. Yeah, I have a lot of luck. In fact, I think without luck, I think I'd be gone many times over. Okay, let's hear your uh, first example. Okay. Your first, your first story of a close call. The close call. Well, we were talking. One story that happened to me uh, was that uh, my wife and I uh, were looking for a home. This is a long time ago. This is before our kid was born. Um, and uh, it was like uh, at a time when the market was bananas and everything was going for $70,000 over asking. And it was just like... It was rough. It's hard to find a house anytime in the city. And um, uh, and we were getting desperate. And, you know, you start to make a lot of compromises. Uh, you know, you start to, to choose to live places, neighborhoods that you never wanted to live in. Yeah. You, you start to say, okay, well, I'll, you know, I'll take one with no bathtub. I don't know. Uh, and what we were ready to do was get a place. It was around Dundas and Markham, which is a nice place. But maybe yeah. 12 years ago, it wasn't as nice. There wasn't as many nice places along that stretch of uh, of Dundas. And for you uh, international listeners, this is right in the heart of downtown Toronto. Yeah, it would now. It's a very shishi area. It's it's fun. Like there's nice places. Walking distance from a solid hospital. Like if you're ever in trouble, you get to that emergency room, no problem. You save yourself a lot of time. And a McDonald's. Uh huh. That's yeah, right. So it's good. Great place. Um, nevertheless, uh, we were very close to purchasing this flip job of a home, you know, where they like, they buy a shithole and then they renovate it <laughs> as cheaply as possible and flip it for a, a higher price. And we walked in and we're like, we know this is a flip job. Everything's been bought with like either Ikea or EQ3 level, you know, yeah. CB2 furniture and, and, uh, and paneling and stuff. And, uh, and we know that this is what they're doing. And we're like, but do we really want to keep looking? It was a semi-detached, which means it's attached to one house. 
on the other side. It shares oh. a wall. Shares a wall with a like house. A fancy version of a duplex. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. A sense. Duplex, you're on top of somebody. Semi-detached, oh. you're beside somebody. Okay. Um, and I was, I'm a very anxious person, and what I was particularly anxious about then was sound. Am I going to be able to hear the neighbors? Uh, I wasn't <laughs> worried about whether they'd hear me. I'm like, am I going to be bothered by neighbors all the time? And uh, and I would stand as still as possible in these rooms and just listen forever. Um, listening for anything. And uh, and I, you know, I couldn't hear anything, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. I guess, and the the our real estate agent literally had the contract down, like the deal, the the deed, the deed. And you were gonna buy it. You I, guys had decided to buy it. I had pen to paper. Oh my god! Like we were like, okay, we're doing this, and it was a small place too. Like we didn't know we were gonna have a kid. We would have had to have moved. But you kind of liked it, right? You were sort I, of. The face I'm making now is kind of like eh, my eyes, my eyebrows are up, and I'm kind of like have a half sneer smile. That's how I felt. So I okay. was like, I don't love it, but I'm ready for this journey to end. And, and Christy was pretty much in the same boat. She was like, oh, let's just buy it. And um, and pen to paper, and I heard the neighbors come home, and I was like, I'll be right back. And I went upstairs, and Christy came with me. We all went upstairs, and we stood in the room, and in what would be the bedroom. And uh, and we heard like the footsteps coming upstairs, and we heard voices. And these guys, it was like three dudes, and they were definitely um, university college students. <laughs> and you could hear their complete conversation crystal clear. And the conversation was something like, "Hey man, what's up? Big night tonight? No girls allowed." <laughs> That's what he actually said. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Christy and I kind of look at each other, and we're like, "Ah, I don't know. Do you think the sound is she's going to be a problem right away?" <laughs> One of these guys gets on a drum kit, and you just hear, <laughs> and for like, we turned around and we just walked out. We were like. We're not getting this house. That's so funny. Yeah, I mean, the oh my God. owners must have just begged these guys not to be home for showings. But I guess we lingered long enough. And uh, yeah. The oh my God, what a close call. It was a close call. That's we a great there. close call. Can you imagine buying a house, moving in, and then and hearing... someone's learning to play drums? No girls allowed! <laughs> That's... That's beautiful. Oh. I love that so much. I mean, that just goes to show you shouldn't you shouldn't make a major life decision that you feel meh about. That is absolutely true. You have to love it. I mean, I follow this rule when I buy a pair of pants, <laughs> uh, and so if you're going to do that, you should you should follow if you're going to buy a house. You have to really want it. You do. Yeah. So you have a more high stakes version. Yes. It's hard to imagine that it could be more high stakes than that, but. You have a, one about the birth of your son. I almost missed the birth of my son. And uh, and I'll tell you that story. So uh, Christy's labor was super fast. But you don't know what a labor is going to be like when it's happening, right? Like right. She, um, she dilated fast. So fast that the nurse was like, you don't need an epidural yet. I'll come back in a couple of hours. But she was ready for the epidural almost immediately. Whoa. And... Um, and and she was like by the end she was begging uh uh the nurse to just check to see if it's time for the epidural and uh and the nurse finally did it and and she was like oh you need an epidural and uh and so it was like it was a very very hard and painful uh labor because it was happening so fast um 
Uh, Christy gets the epidural. I won't go into the details of what that entails because it's horrible. I'm in the hall because I'm not allowed to be in the room uh, because only the only the people administering the epidural can be there. And the doula. The doula was in there instead of me. So I wait for it to happen. The doula calls me back in and says, Look, listen, Christy's out. Um, uh, it's going to be a while now. Everything, the epidural has slowed down the process. You haven't eaten today. If if you're hungry, now would be a good time to uh, to go get some food. And I was like, fine. How long does it normally take after someone gets the epidural? Like, how long did she think you had? I thought I had. I mean, I think she thought, and I thought we had. I had like a couple of hours. I'm wow. pretty sure she told me I have a couple of hours now. It's gonna be like it's gonna be a while. Um, and you know, as you know, labors can go a long, long time. Um, and so I I go down to. Uh, the Tim, the, it was a, it was the second cup. It was a second cup at the bottom of the hospital. Fantastic coffee chain in uh, Canada. Great local second cup, real good. Great local alternative it's to go- Starbucks. It's a good alternative. Yeah, yeah. I I rarely go. Um, uh, I go down to the second cup, and uh, I'm like, oh man, uh, I didn't drink coffee at this point, um, and I I asked for a, a sandwich can't remember what kind chicken probably chicken salad sandwich or something like that mm-hmm. and they were like do you want a toasted and, and, I was, <laughs> and a man of decadence paul bates <laughs> a man of decadence who never does this i never you i never toast it i never in, i don't even i rarely even enjoy the toasted sandwich i usually just get it cold but i was like yeah i got time. i've had a rough day i've had a bit of a day i'll get it <laughs> toasted and you know what while i'm at it I'll have a, I'll have one of those specialty London fog teas. Oh my god! Are you scared? The steam the milk? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's an Earl Grey tea with steamed milk, um, and they're like, great on it. And uh, and I'm paying. I pay, um, and uh, and as I'm paying, uh, or I, I my phone, um, I get the text message on my phone, and uh, it's the doula. And I look at the phone, and uh, and the, the text message says. Baby coming. Come back now. And I'm like, I swear to God, I froze. I froze. <laughs> no! I froze, and here's, here's why. And I'm not, I'm not defending this. I can't explain it. I froze because I had paid for the sandwich and I hadn't gotten it yet. Paul! <laughs> Paul! I had paid for the sandwich, and I was waiting you for the... nightmare! This is... Come I'm not... No, oh my I, God. this isn't, I know this isn't the story. This, I'm not the hero you want me to be right now, but <laughs> I waited for the sandwich because I was like, oh, I should get this, I should get this sandwich. I just, I paid for it already. And I'm like, oh, can you guys hurry it up? I need, I need to be upstairs. But I never said. I don't think the fog is steeped enough I'm, in this London fog. And they were like super congenial. Like, it's almost done, sir. This sandwich is still toasting. And I was like, okay, okay. Is it going to be fast? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it'll be right. It'll be right there. And I'm frozen there, like kind of like um, frozen between, uh, you know, um, uh, parental uh, uh, commitment, obligation, parental obligation, and fiscal responsibility. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I, like I said, I'm an anxious person, and I was just like, I could not move. Uh, and so I, because you wanted it all. 
<laughs> this right, is so, you. You wanted it all. Don't frame me like this. You're like, I want this seven dollar sandwich. <laughs> I want a baby too. Uh, it wasn't. I don't know. I don't think it was like a, a real id thing. It was like a should thing. It's not a part of me I'm proud of. But I I, I waited out that sandwich and the tea, and I'm like, oh man, this is like the doula t- called texted a second time. Where are you? Like, letter R, letter U. And then she called, and I'm like, hey, I'm on my way. I lied to the doula. Oh, my God. Just waiting for this sandwich. And um, and so finally it comes, and I've got the tea, and I've got the sandwich, and I boot it back to the elevator. But it's a full tea, so I can't run because it's sloshing. You idiot! <laughs> I've never called any of my guests. <laughs> but that's what it was. I was doing a brisk walk back to the elevator. And uh, the elevator comes and uh, there's there's a bunch of people get on the elevator. And I'm I'm in there and everybody has everybody's selected a, a, a floor lower than the one I have to get to. Why deliveries has to be at the top of the hospital makes no sense to me i was and so i would like the more the elevator stopped and people got off and got on the more i felt like just screaming in the elevator but i never did because i'm a polite guy and because this is your fault (laughs) (laughs) you mad at everyone else But you don't understand the inside. Even when I was waiting for that sandwich, I was screaming inside. <laughs> I, I really needed to be there, but I also, for some reason, needed to get the sandwich. Were you eating your fucking artisanal bullshit sandwich while I, the elevator was going up? I got off the elevator, and uh, my parents-in-law, Christy's mom and dad, were there. And I was just like, hey, um, the baby's coming. Could you hold my tea? And uh, I've still got the sandwich. They're like, yes, go! And, uh, <laughs> and so once the tea's down, I sprint in uh christy meanwhile knows that i need to be there for the birth of this baby and so she's literally been holding the baby in while her doctors are saying you have to push the baby out she's like i can't she tried to hold it for you i can't until the until paul comes and uh and so i finally i burst into the room sandwich under my arm you and i uh, look around, and I can see the head of the baby. I can see the Brennan's crown. You know what yeah. I mean? The baby's crowning. And I could not think of anything other to say besides, is the baby coming? <laughs> 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 and it was one of those sitcom moments where every single person in the room said yes in unison. Um, and uh, after that, like it was literally seconds. Like I put the sandwich just... down... And the baby just <laughs> slid out. All the details and, with the sandwich. Oh, uh, and I mean, I remember both equally. I remember the sandwich and Brennan equally. Uh, and <laughs> and the baby came out like right away. And uh, I made it. I made it in time. I, I wept. Um, uh, uh, I embraced Christy. We she held the baby. Christy's mom came in. It was incredible. It was a great birth story. And then after all of that. Um, I was like, oh, I still haven't had this sandwich. You're such a wiener. <laughs> You're such a wiener in and this I story. turned around and uh. it was gone. Somebody had taken the sandwich. <laughs> the nurse had taken it. <laughs> so, bittersweet. Yeah, I guess that's the takeaway. Yeah. Oh, Paul. 
That's a great story. Yeah. Am I, I can get... I take it to a dark place for a yeah, moment? Yeah, yeah, sure. Because everything's fine and Brennan's like, what, 12? How old Brennan now? He's uh, almost 10. So this is almost 10 Brennan's years Brennan's like 10 years old. Yeah. So I can now go to a dark place. What if something had been wrong? What? Like, oh, God. You would have been thinking sandwich... of that sandwich for like a decade. Yeah, yeah, Or yeah. forever. No, I know. I, I would. I would have. I would have been thinking about where I was. I mean, this is a... You wouldn't be able to walk into a second cup ever again. <laughs> Could you imagine? No, I couldn't. I couldn't. I mean, I feel like... I mean, now that we're in this dark place, I feel like that wouldn't be the worst of my worries. Um, <laughs> right. The right? second cup. Thing like, when, I feel like the loss of my, my infant son probably would have been a rough one, too. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah. Anyways, thanks for taking it there. But I don't know what you're saying. You can take it there when he's doing great. <laughs> he's, he's at school right now. We'll see him soon. He's doing all right. Uh, yeah. Paul, thank you for being on the show. Those stories were so great. Are your listeners going to think I'm a total wiener for that? I think, I think it's a it, charming story. I think you're just a clown, and that's perfect. <laughs> I'm just a guy doing his best. You're doing your best. Yeah. Um, anything you'd like to promo? Yeah. Uh, I have a show called Hookup. It's an improvised show that happens every Saturday at 9.30 at Bad Dog Theater at Blur and Ossington in Toronto. Uh, it's a uh, it's an improvised show where we uh, improvise the story of what two single people in the audience would be like when they, when they hook up with each other. Um, it's a sellout show. Like, sells it's out. always selling yeah, out. Yeah, so look look on it. Look. I've never got to see it because it's always selling out. Oh, wow. So everyone's got to... She could do it one of these days. You know what? I'm going to do it one of these days. Yeah. And uh, I have a podcast called Illusionoids. It's a science fiction uh, comedy radio play. That you can hear on Apple it's Tunes. It's very different from this show. Very, that's extremely. good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's good to have variety. Variety. In your life. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Lindsay. Bye. Bye. I'm sitting with Ken Gardner. Ken Gardner is a fantastic improviser that I've known for many, many years. And uh, he's the type of guy that has a million stories. Yeah? That's true. That's true. Yeah, like, that's the hardest part of doing this podcast is finding people with stories. And you're one of those people that you're like, I got 10. I got 20. What do you want? What are you looking for? Yeah, uh, I, I, I think that I have plenty of stories to tell. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm 48, so I'm, I've been around. And, yeah, uh, you've been around. I've been around. I do have uh, one story in particular. Uh, that, that fits with the theme. Fits with the theme. Uh, a, a close call. Uh, so a number of years ago, I was uh, I, I had gone to Mexico. And I, uh, I had come back. And, of course, I, I drank the, uh, I don't know, daiquiris or whatever with the ice. And oh, I, no. I was I was had Montezuma's revenge this in a bad a way. This is a poo-poo story. It's a bit of a poo-poo story. <laughs> <laughs> I've had it too. Yeah, it's awful. It, they're they're tough. It's a tough go. It's a tough go. So uh, I was uh, I got back to Calgary and I was working about an hour away from Calgary and I do construction for a living and I knew I had Montezuma's revenge uh, and so I was diarrhea every five to ten minutes is oh like awful. But I managed to take care of myself before I went 
And then I drove all the way to uh, my job site and I worked and I had to take a couple breaks, bathroom breaks at the job site. But I can't I, believe you worked with this. Yes. I've had it and I, I don't know how I could leave the hotel room. Yeah, it's not it's not pleasant. It's mm. not pleasant. There yeah. were a few uh, difficult times. But <laughs> uh, but then I, I thought everything was fine. And I uh, so I was driving home and suddenly I'm on the highway driving home. And all of a sudden I got that feeling in my stomach, uh, this gurgling feeling that you get when you know, oh, I have to go. And so I'm, and I realize I'm right in the middle of, <clears throat> of the distance between where I was working and Calgary, which is about like, it was about 30 minutes away. And I, I, there was nowhere to go. Uh, oh my God. And so I just start driving faster. And at the time, I had this uh, powder blue Turismo that doesn't go very fast. Oh, that's a car. That's a car. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I was like, is that a track suit? It's, What's it's, a Turismo? It's, it's before your time, Lindsay. Okay. All right, great. <laughs> uh, but uh, so I'm driving this. I put the pedal to the metal on the powder blue Turismo, and we're going about 130 kilometers an hour on a highway that's uh, a speed limit is about 90. Oh, and boy. I'm going, like, the thing is shaking, and I am clenching uh, oh to God. stop from, from uh, having an accident. And then suddenly I look on the highway and there's a police car coming towards me and his sirens go off. Oh, my God. So RCMP comes up. And so I just pull over and I'm just sitting in my car praying and clenching. And uh, the police uh, policeman basically makes a U-turn on the highway and then comes up behind me. And then instead of coming to my car, which they normally do, do, he rolls down his window and he gestures for me to come to him. Oh, my God. And I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, and so so I uh, get out of my car, clenching, and I get my registration and my license, and I, I'm walking up to his, his window, and he says, get in. And I'm like, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> and so so I get into his passenger door, and I shut the door, and I'm just handing him my license and registration. He's like, do you know how fast you were going? And I'm like, yeah, I got a pretty good idea. And he's like, uh, uh, you know, you, that's 130 kilometers. This is this is going to be an expensive ticket. And I'm like, sir, I have been out of the country. Uh, I have Montezuma's revenge in a you big just... way. I told him wow. I, I have Montezuma's revenge in a big way. I really need to go. So can we just and he's like, yeah, I've heard it all before. Oh, no, and I'm like, and then I just couldn't hold it any longer. No, you didn't. I released, and what? No, I didn't think it was going no. here. And what happened? I did not draw mud. I didn't draw mud. Wait, but what came wait, what? out of me was the longest fart. I have ever done and the most noxious cloud of gas that you could ever produce. And it I watched him filling out the ticket and I my my eyes started crossing and I watched him fill out the ticket and he kinda slowly it dawns on him and he crumples the ticket with one hand while he's rolling his window down with the other and he said get out of my car just get out of my car and i'm like sir what about the ticket just go just go the one and only time i ever got off a speeding ticket so oh my god yeah that was a close call also 
Did you come up with the phrase "draw mud"? That's the grossest thing I've ever heard in my life. Well, it adds to the story, Lindsay. It adds to the story. Yeah, I did not draw mud. Yeah, so, you're a father now. Yeah, you don't, I'm a you father don't now. say anything more graphic than yeah. that. I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow, that was so good. That is a good close call. That was a good close call. Oh yeah. man, yeah. I really, really thought yeah, that I was that. I thought you were going to take a dump with that dude there. Uh, take a dump in a police car. I was, was so stressed. Yeah. That, um, I, okay, so that was a really good story. You also have one other one. It's not a story from your life, but it's a great close call story, and you do an accent, and that's always fun. Yes. Okay. Uh, so uh, I have this I have this uh, godfather of mine who's uh, – uh, he's passed away now, but he's Scottish, mm-hmm. uh, and he, uh, he was a, a friend of my father's. And but uh, when he retired, he moved to South Africa, and he uh, he became a game warden in his retirement. That's with like animals. Uh, with animals, like in a big animal park. So like he worked with you know lions and tigers, and uh, well not tigers but lions and giraffes and elephants and uh, leopards. Oh. And uh, he uh, found this abandoned leopard cub. Oh. And uh, I mean, it looked very cute as a little cuddly cub. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but but as uh, if for anyone who knows about uh, leopards in in Africa, the leopards are the dangerous ones because they snatch children and that sort of thing. The like leopard, more dangerous than they're more dangerous than lions per se because you know lions will generally stick to themselves unless uh, that. But leopards are they're aggressive sneaky. and sneaky. Oh, boy. and they're fast as hell. Yeah. So. Anyway, he had this leopard cub that he raised, and he raised it from uh, from the time it was little, and then it got quite big, like it was about four or five years old when this story takes place. And he had a large property in uh, South Africa, like over, uh, you know, over 200 meters long. And one day he comes home from work, and he finds the leopard on his front lawn. And normally he has a leopard in the back of his property in a cage. Well, he finds this leopard in his front lawn, and he sees a leopard and he gets all mad. He says, you stupid leopard, what are you doing outside of your cage? And he grabs a leopard by the scruff of its neck like a mother would grab a cub. Right. And he drags this leopard all the way down the side of his property to his backyard. What are you doing at your cage, you stupid leopard? And his claws are dragging on the sidewalk and doesn't want to go. And he's like getting mad at it and screaming at it. You stupid, what are you doing? And then he grabs, comes to the back of his yard. And then he looks in his cage, and there's his leopard. Oh, like, wait. Okay, so his leopard is in the cage, and this is just some other leopard? This is a wild leopard. He dragged a wild leopard 150 meters down the side of his property. And then he, like, looks at this leopard, leopard, and he's like, oh, shit, oh, hi, hi. And then he runs into his house, and he closes his screen door. And the leopard, who's, like, shocked. It's never been treated this way before. It's like like humans are scared of him. Humans are scared of him usually, and he was so he, so he probably drew mud. Oh my god! <laughs> you had to make it about poo poo. Oh god, that's good. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. I feel like you're going to be on a porch someday, and you'll be very old. Yes, and you will have a hundred stories. Yes, I probably will. I mean, funny things happen to funny people. Yes, that's true. Crazy shit happens to you. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for being on my podcast, Ken. No problem. Anytime, Lindsay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Catch you later, Ken. All right. Bye. Bye.
my voice is now ready for a podcast recording. <sighs> this is me being me. Okay, we have I feel comfortable too. We haven't and I won't <laughs> cut off Lindsay because that would be wrong. We haven't even started this panel discussion. But seriously, is this like a meta not start? I don't know. Because would you use this? <clears throat> are, are people listening to us right now? Are they I, listening at all? I don't know. I don't, don't you feel like something has wait, changed? Wait, don't you get any feedback about how many people listen to this thing? Oh my god. Because maybe it's nobody. Maybe it's just us three. Maybe why are you doing this results. then? Okay. Uh, welcome it, like, to... For <laughs> you can cut this off. Okay. Yeah. Welcome to like the panel discussion of this episode of Truths Be Told. Which he's not going to tell us what it's about yet. And did you say truce be told? Truths. Like there's it, multiple yeah, but truths, but it, it's hard to but say truce, the word. Truce be told is kind of interesting because if, if Tom and I are fighting and yeah. we can have a truce. I'm sitting with Sean Kinley and Tom Colam, and they are improvisers, if you couldn't tell, because they didn't want to know any anything before we started. They wanted yeah. no prep. They wanted to have this be completely organic. i got to go to the bathroom. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I can talk over that. Okay. Uh, I'm with... Oh, my God. They're like... I'm with... I'm with I forgot to take my pants off. I'm like with two five-year-olds. That's I, what this feels like. I can talk over that. Okay, so guys, I'm going to tell you what the topic is. I've never wait, done this before. This before. I always you, wait, tell people we're the, the first, topic. You're the we're first, the first people. person. Why wouldn't you do that before? Can't we start people without want to know. You, oh, yeah. We could just start talking and then see if we can discover the topic. <laughs> oh, my God. I remember this one time. I was in the back of the bus. Okay, okay, okay. It's, it's trauma. Okay, is guys, it? it's not trauma. All right. It is to me. I can't believe I'm it. It is say, to Lindsay. I'm gonna... Go on, Lindsay. Tell us what's going <laughs> on. Guys, okay. I've never said this to guests ever. Hey, look, your numbers Shut are falling up. off. Your numbers Shut are falling up. up. There goes another listener. Oh, there goes another one. She doesn't know if anyone's listening. I know. Shut up. <laughs> hey, our time is up. Thanks. This has been... Okay, this is Tom Lamb. And Sean Kinley. And this is Truths Truth Be Told. Okay. With Lindsay right. Mullingan. Okay, I'm gonna ASMR. I'm gonna tell you what the topic ASMR. is. ASMR. 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 Are you doing ASMR? Yeah. Yeah. Lindsay has oh, contact. I'm scratching my knuckles. I'm scratching my testicles. <laughs> okay, you clowns. Um, the topic of this episode that we're gonna just shoot the shit about, which we're doing very good at the shit. How much part. time do we have? <laughs> the topic we're doing is close calls. Calls. So Ooh, times in nothing. life, I have nothing. On times that. in life where either something amazing almost happened, or maybe something awful almost happened—a moment where you see the path of what could have been. I was I was in a telephone booth with someone once, and I was talking, and it was a close call. I was making a close call. They I, were on the. They were talking on their cell, and you dialed them from a payphone, <laughs> and you're both in the same booth. That would be better. I was I was making a call, and he was in the booth. We'd just been hang gliding. And it was raining outside, so we were trying to get someone to pick us up. So it was a very close call I was making. Oh, my God. Tom, what about you? Um, I remember one time my laundry got lost, and I, uh, so I had to call for my clothes. That was my clothes call. Clothes call! <laughs> okay. Hey, hey, wait, wait, wait. wait. Okay. When I was, let's, let's go right back to the beginning. When I was born, I had the cord wrapped around my neck. Is that Not true? E- yes, that was true. That was a close call. Wait, hold on a second. Is that actually true? You were See, almost strangled? You will not believe anything I well, say yeah, now. Well, yeah, because you've been full of shit for the last two minutes. So I could just make up shit, and it would be equally under, uh, believed. So but nobody listens. I have nothing I can say. Lindsay oh, won't believe okay, me. Wait. When I was born, uh, I refused to eat. For the first two weeks, and they thought I was going to die. Is that true? That is true. Did you? And ref- so, 
I just wouldn't eat. Okay. Was it political? What was it? Yeah. <laughs> what? I was on a hunger strike as a, in 1968. It was like, I don't believe in NASA. Don't go to the moon. No, uh, or Martin Luther King Jr. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Really don't go were... to Martin Luther King. Don't, Martin Luther <laughs> don't King should visit. not go to the moon. Okay. <laughs> no, and then so they thought I was going to die. So uh, they gave me last rites. No, they the, didn't. Yeah, through the Ukrainian Orthodox Church. Wait, you've been given last rites I've been given at some last point rites. in your life? I was, I was baptized, confirmed, and given last rites. And then they, um, Did you then they force-fed me. And then I picked, perked up after that. Oh, that's cruel. The force-feed yeah. a baby? That, who would do that? I know. I it's can't, a horrible let thing. It die you know gracefully. what's weird about that? What's weird about that is that they gave you last rites before trying the force-feeding. I feel like the force-feeding would come before deciding, well, let's give up and make sure he gets into heaven. So you give I think the last... covering their bases. Yeah, you give the last rites before you give the last attempt. Last attempt is the last thing. We're going to attempt to save you, but we've given you your last rites. You know, I don't really know what they did before. Okay, what so attempts they had before. I'm going to be honest. That's a very good close call story. Oh, hey. That's a very uh, good one. one for me. Hey, but I, <laughs> I almost died the quarter of my neck. Is that true? That, no, I can't tell you now because you don't believe me. Okay. You believe Tom. I'm going to ask one Why way. don't I get believed? This is an interview, so I'm going to try asking a question. And okay. if you feel like you can answer it, give it a try. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to lie from now on because you didn't believe my true story. Yeah, okay. make it better. <laughs> I, you know, wait, 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 wait. Oh when, I was, when I was young, I got my last rites by the Ukrainian Orthodox Church. No, that was Tomko sitting beside you. Oh, my God. You. That I, wasn't I, you, I, told, I told him that story. Okay, let's take a moment of calm. Okay, a moment of calm. Oh, okay. ASMR. Okay, good. So I'm going to ask a real question. Try your best to answer honestly. Wait, be, okay, I will answer your real question. Ask an imaginary question first. <laughs> okay, anyways... <laughs> This is, I'm so exhausted. You don't respect us. <laughs> How much are we getting paid for this? Nothing. That's right. So you got to do something for okay, us. All right, fine. Here's the Take good. off your clothes. No. What? <laughs> Edit that out. Okay, guys. All right. Now that I've taken off my clothes. Ooh. Where'd you get the tattoo? <laughs> guys, my clothes are on. Okay, so here's my question. Clothes Have on. you ever had a moment <laughs> in your life where you saw a path you almost went down and were like, I'm I'm really glad I didn't take that route. And you could have saw where you would have ended up, maybe in a relationship or if you'd taken a job. Do you have any thoughts Every on that? Every single day. Never really? in my life. You? Well, I could tell you some paths. Maybe. Okay, I don't know. I just go don't... down the relationship path. What about them? Okay. Also, Tom, can I say this without sounding like an asshole? You have a lot of children. Yeah. And a lot, a, a lot of different <laughs> mothers of those. Children. Well, see, you said the paths you haven't taken. He's taken all the paths. Yeah, you've yeah, taken I've been, the I've been paths. running down so many paths. And not to say, I don't know if I'm good at imagining. I, I think it's just that I, I'm not very good at imagining what could have been. Really? I don't think so. I don't have a very good imagination. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. That's good for an improviser. Uh, okay, so uh, I, I was in a relationship for six years, and. Uh, uh, she says we've got to get married and I get this really deep down feeling that she's not getting involved with me she's not getting in the relationship with me or she's not getting married to me she's getting married to a baby maker she wants a baby that's what it is oh and the I, fantasy yeah yeah. She, she sees me as the father of a child she doesn't see me as the relationship person so this is what I say I'm, I can't do this I want a person to be with 
and I don't think that's what you want. And there's a long, long fighting, uh, cross-country breakup. I, I actually traveled to Toronto from Calgary. And then, uh, after all the denials of, no, no, it's about you, it's about you, within nine months of us breaking up, she was pregnant. Within a year and a half, the uh, guy that she got together with was out of the picture. So it was a close call, and that, that would have been the path. So, but I will ask this. You said you were with her six years? Five. You didn't think that maybe she did truly love you? She had obviously been with you multiple we, we years. We had issues. We had issues. And there's those situations where someone says, we can save this if you just get me fat. <laughs> is, is that your way of saying pregnant? <laughs> okay, so back to you. I have to ask you this, Tomko. Okay. So you... You have, like I said, lots okay, of children. Yeah. So We've I'm... got that. We've established that. <laughs> lots of kids. So many kids. Added to the population of the planet. Yeah. So do you ever think about, what if I wasn't a dad? Well, sometimes I, I start to go... I know that's a horrible question. That's a horrible question. And I think about that sometimes, but then I stop myself because I can't change it. And I like the kids. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not the best situation to raise kids in because, well, for obvious reasons, I'm not around them as much as... A dad dad would be but I wouldn't wish for them to be gone so I, I don't go down that path that's good yeah now here's this you just sparked a question I want to ask you guys do you guys believe in regrets some people don't believe regrets are a real thing because even bad things lead to uh, learning something and then making better choices later or do you believe a person can actually have Regrets like go. I really you up. have to have a regret, or you're an idiot. You're a rationalizer saying, "Oh, life was meant to be this way. Life is supposed to be this way." If you have a regret, it's a signal to yourself, a reinforcement of a lesson that you need to play forward into the future. I regret having done a certain action, and so next time I'm going to feel this lesson much more strongly. Regret is just another emotion. It shouldn't be treated as uh, a thing you avoid at all costs. Because some people really do believe there are no such thing as regrets. I have no regrets. But I agree with you. I think regrets are a very real thing. If you don't have the regret, there's no impetus to change. Do you know what I mean? Like if you, if you did the thing and it's like, I did that and I'm totally fine with it. What is going to change? Nothing. You do it again and again and again. Mm. Yeah. So, That's a good point. Like having kids. That's not a regret. No you regrets. Like it. No regrets. Oh you want to have a baby, Lindsay? When are you going to have a baby? You can't. You got your tubs cut. My your, tubs? Your, your tubs, tubs cut. They you were your, so fat. You got your tubes tied? Wait, yeah. girls get that. Wait, what did you get? I a got vasectomy. A vasectomy. ASMR. I'm getting my tubes cut right now. Oh, God, it hurts. Yeah, you too. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you asked me if I'm going to have a baby? Yeah. With Sean. No, me and Sean, our time has passed. There was, <gasps> was probably a, a window. But when? When... Okay, <laughs> was there a close call? Was there a close call? Oh, thank you for tying it into the theme. I'm sure there was, but uh, we never went there. Really? And I think it's for the best. What about March 7th, 1999? Well, we hadn't met yet, and I was nine. So oh, I'm no, that's a close call. Oh, yes. Both these men are older than me, if we haven't figured that out. I've known you guys a very long time. Yep. Yeah. Since when? Since I was 17, 16 years old, something like that. You had that. braces. I had braces. I did. You guys Never are really good friends, and you guys have known each other a long time. How long? I like matching people up on the panel discussion that know each other really well and have... 
uh, comfort while talking. You guys have a little too much comfort in this interview. We don't care about you. Yeah, well, that's what it is. How long have you guys known each other? Since 1987. Really? I was nine. You had braces. You were nine. So, you had braces. I Yes, and she w- didn't even okay. know. Hey, okay, close uh. call. Tom and I are driving across the country, and I think he's not going to stay awake. I don't drive. I, I don't think driving is good for me. So, <laughs> whatever. So, we're driving across the country, and I think, how do we keep Tom awake? I'm getting a little naughty. I'm ge- meaning my, I'm getting a little tired. Head's nodding, not yeah. like touching me on the Oh, bum. yeah. And so, uh, what do I have in my pocket but a hit of acid and a Are pair of pliers? Are you serious? Yes. And so, to, I <laughs> hold on to the acid with a pair of pliers, and I threaten Tom. Well, th- first of all, it started with a, a cigarette, letter. cigarette letter, trying to keep him awake by putting the heat close to his skin and seeing if the fear will keep him awake. And it did for a while. I'm driving down the highway at like 120. You know, most people just chat. Mm. <laughs> He's a boring chatter. He's better with a cigarette lighter. He'd rather punish you. Yeah, oh, but man. but the, the, the adrenaline kept Tom awake for at least an hour, and yeah. so we had another thirteen to, to to pass. And so that's when the acid comes out, and approaching his tongue with it, and him getting a little bit nervous. And by the end, I think he had absorbed the whole hit. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And then I went home. <laughs> and you were all in the car. Yeah. When it hit around hope, I think. Hope is that a place or a yeah. state of being for well, you? Well, you know, in that car ride, I'm not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> we went through Hope. There was a chase. Uh, no, and uh, yeah, so the rest of the trip was really fast. And so, for all police and authorities listening to this, that didn't happen. But no, we're did. just lying now. But it happened. Yes. 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 Okay, great. <laughs> um, okay, guys, I'm gonna do something I've never done before. I'm gonna. Say to my two guests, do you have a question for me on the theme? But we have asked you questions. All right. Well, now I'm asking if you have any more questions. You're so controlling. <laughs> this, who, I can't who, stand this. Why I, are you doing this? Why? why? What, what do you mean? What am, why, why are, are you doing having a podcast? What? I'm having a podcast because it is something... Oh. Wait, there's mm-hmm. a few reasons. First, the reason why I wanted to in the beginning is different than the reason I continue to. Okay. The reason in the beginning is I was like, I need to get my face out there. And the second thing... Marketing. What is it? Well, not just marketing, but I mean, like, I need to create something that's mine that I have some bit of control greed. <laughs> over, right? Marketing, greed, and control. Yes. Marketing, greed, control. You and then, have a baby. And then it became about stories, and I actually wanted to find good stories <laughs> because I started being really picky. Have you found one here? You know what? You guys have actually squeezed out a couple decent stories while acting crazy. Acting. <laughs> We're not acting. Guys, thank you for being on That's the it? podcast. No, I've got so many more you stories. Oh, my God. I got it. Oh. You guys have used the, up the all the regulation Polish, time. Polish military with big guns taking me aside. How about that story? Did that actually happen? I See, you won't believe anything I say, so screw you. I'm out of here. <laughs> when you guys I'm, suck. I'm leaving. This has been a Lindsay Mullen ASMR production. And that brings us to the end of the uh, panel discussion with Tom Colam and Sean Kinley. Thank you guys for being on the show. I have to go scratch my testicle. Bye-bye. I'm sitting with Jamie Northan. Jamie 
is a longtime friend, a very good friend. Mm -hmm. And he's also my touring improv partner. Truth or Dare. Yes, we have a show called Truth or Dare where we put each other in in very exciting... uh, Compromising. Compromising hijinks. But usually just emotionally compromising. We don't do the, like, put this in your mouth or... (laughs) Yeah, we don't do the, like... Yeah, it's not so junior high. It's not Fear Factor. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah. But we we tour this improv show, and you should really hire us. We've been doing it for <laughs> years, you yes, guys. you should hire us, for sure. We're so good. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Jamie, I'm so happy to have you on the show. I've wanted to have you on ever since I started this show. And I'm a, I'm a long-time listener. Oh, yeah. oh, that makes me feel good. Yeah. Um, so, Jamie, you have a great close call story. I do. Yes. I had a close call with a woman. Um, We were seeing each other for about two months, and we hadn't really defined things. And it was long distance. And Long distance from, like, where? Calgary to Edmonton. Oh, that's like three hours Three hours on the highway or 33 minutes in the air. (laughs) Wow. Um, It is 33 minutes (laughs) in the air. Wow, I didn't know that. But, But it takes almost as long to fly because you have to... Uh, check in the 60 minutes early and then the airport in Edmonton is like in Wetaskiwin so it's another 45 minutes to get into Edmonton this is the dumbest side that's the close call I had was I almost got with somebody where it was going to take me three hours to get laid oh my god okay going back to your main story so you're dating a girl for like two months yeah and and uh It reached a point where I kind of realized, you know, uh, from past experience, uh, you know, I've traveled and toured and you have these great connections with people and you think it's going to work. And then you you decide to either fly to their city or they fly to your city and you're on a date that's like four days long. Yes. You just feel like you're trapped. This is the... You had once um, educated me in this. I I was telling you about a vacation I had planned. A vacation. To Los Angeles. Yeah. And you were like, how long are you staying with them? I was like, the whole trip. And you're like, how long's that? I was like, three days. And you're like, oh dear. No, the only... I think now in retrospect, the only way to make that work is you go... And either say you're staying with a friend and then you meet up with them or you actually have a friend in that city and you, and that's how you do it. But yeah, just it's staying too much. with them. It's no, too much. Way too much. You end up hating them, right? Yeah. Is yeah. that what you said? That, well, hating, hate is a strong word. I, I think I have good connections with all those people, but, but realized in the moment of our four day long date, it just wasn't going to work. Right. Especially with the... If they're from another country and or Edmonton, it's just hard to navigate the cultural differences. <laughs> yeah, I'll you bet. know, like sure. everyone knows the difference between Calgary and Edmonton. They're basically the same city, but Calgary's the single version, and Edmonton's ten years into the marriage where it's completely let itself go. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> okay, some serious Calgary Edmonton mm, yeah. rivalry here. That's true. Um, so. You're seeing this girl long distance. Yeah. And it's different. Yeah. And, you know, it's good, but also there's, like, red flags just, like, we work together. You know, where is this going to go? Is it going to damage things? So, one night we're texting, and I think that it was getting into that kind of serious talk of, like, the future, like, in the summer, this, that, the other. And I just, I don't know what made me snap, but I just was like, this isn't going to work. I I can't do this. I don't want to do long distance. We can't. We can't define this. We can't move forward. And I woke up the next morning, and I've never felt more 
empty or hollow or just gross, like pit of my stomach gross. Oh, you just, your body rejected the completely, decision. Completely. Like immediate and total regret from head to toe centered in that spot, like where your intuition spot where you're like, I've made a huge mistake. So I start trying to text her back. She won't respond at first or she responded at one point, no way you can't do this. Mm. And I was like, chipping away, telling her nice things. Eventually I told her over text, I can't let this go because I think I love you. Wait, whoa. Yeah. You said, I Over can't text. let this go. Yeah. I think I love you <laughs> at two or three months. Yeah. Ooh, that's a move that if, if they're not feeling it for you. Well, it was already it's... over. Like either I'm just throwing it out there at this point going, if you know why I was a jerk and ending it, at least, you know, it was for good reason. Like it's, it's all or nothing. I'm in or I can't ever see you again kind of thing. Whoa. Um, but I needed to be in. And so she, <laughs> She got pissed off that, of course, I was saying... I was dropping the L-bomb over text. And uh, she was like, call me. And I was on break from a show we were rehearsing. So was she. And I called her and explained it to her. That was like, like exactly what I just told you. Um, felt empty. Felt terrible. And I've never felt that way. And I've been through a lot of different like breakups or endings. I never had that immediate regret. So often when you're in a breakup, every little nudge or step you take towards something ending the more relief you feel if it's not meant to be right you know you feel that freedom or lightness like oh god it's hard to do that step but once you do it you feel better Mm -hmm. this is the first time in my life that actually when i made that step i felt awful wow um so she agreed to keep talking to me (laughs) which is a good next step (laughs) and uh within a week because at the time my car had broken down, I jumped on a Greyhound and I went up there and we went to a place in Edmonton called the Blue Plate that has not let itself go. It's a nice little place. Okay. <laughs> Backpedal. Got it. Yeah. Well, Edmonton has good things. Great cultural scene. Um, and great restaurants. And uh, we had brunch and you, there was just like this amazing feeling You know, like we were looking into each other's eyes in a way that we had never really looked into each other's eyes. Mm -hmm. And I knew, um, but I just didn't know when. And I hadn't done this since I was a kid. But we we paid the bill and we were leaving. And I I like was like, I'm going to do it. I turned to her and I was like, I want to know if you'll you'll be my girlfriend and just asked her straight out. And I, you know, you, you end up in a relationship where you're like. Usually what ends up happening as an adult is you're like, you're with friends and you're like, oh, this is my girlfriend. And you introduce her and then it's like, oh God, okay, we, we've defined it. <laughs> or you have a conversation about it. Right. But I flat out asked her like I was a, a kid in school, like, will you be my girlfriend? And uh, she said yes. And um, that was two years before I asked her to marry me. And a year after that, or a year and a half after that, we got married, and we've been together ever since, and we want to have some babies, and it's twist, awesome. Twist ending. Yeah. You guys do end up together. We what a do. close call. We do. And what I love is her version of the close call is that when I called her, she was apparently at a Boston pizza, <laughs> and with a friend who was on the other end who was like, 
mouthing to her like, "Tell him this or do this," and uh, yeah, and we, give him hell. She was at our wedding, and uh, and they're they're best friends, and uh, her name is Erin, and my wife's name is Jessie, and she's lovely, and uh, yeah, yeah, we've it was a close call. We almost ended it. But. You know, and I want to just ask you, do you really feel in your guts if you hadn't? earned her back in that moment it was going to be done so i don't know it must have been right Uh, yeah i think i think that's what i felt otherwise i wouldn't have been so pressed to like i gotta make this right right now right i mean who knows right like maybe maybe we would because we would have seen each other we would have made something work but I don't know. I'd, I'd like to think, for the sake of the theme of the show, that this was the only way you could have been together. <laughs> I, I agree, and I'm glad it happened. And you know, That's yeah. beautiful. Jamie. Yes? Thank you for being on my show. Thank and you for telling having me. Such a romantic close call, because some close calls are... Yeah. But that one, that one ended so nice. Well, thanks. I, I love your show. Oh, thank you. And I'm looking forward to not listening to this one because I hate hearing my own voice on recordings, but uh, hearing all the other stories around it. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, oh, did you want to promote your social media? <laughs> well, we're, we're avid um, outdoors people, or at least we try to be as much as we can. On our honeymoon, which actually happened before we got married, uh, we went on a 36-kilometer hike mm-hmm. on the north shore of Kauai. So now our, our social media is uh, I'm Rocky Mountain Guy and she's Rocky Mountain Woman. We post all of our hiking adventures together. So if you like outdoorsy things. But it's spelt weird, isn't it? It's got underscores, but it's not spelt weird. Okay. All right. Good. Oh, the mountain is like the abbreviation for mountain. Listen, it, <laughs> just, <laughs> if you're really obsessed with oh, right, the right. Shot photos. There's probably a million Rocky Mountain guys, and they're all slightly <laughs> different spellings, and they're all slightly douchey. Posted like, look at me hiking. But I'm not single. That's the difference. I'm not, like, advertising my, hey, look at me going up this mountain. Don't you want to date me? Look at me. I'm at uh, Machu Picchu. Oh, my yeah. God. Tinder is, <laughs> Tinder is filled with guys in front of Machu Picchu who's yeah. like, I've... I've traveled, and now yeah. I'm ready to meet you. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. makes me sick. Okay. I'm sure it's... A, I mean, it's an amazing hike. I have friends who've no, done it. No, fuck those guys. <laughs> fuck all those guys. I'm well, fucking over want. it. No. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Bye. And there you have it. We've reached the end of this episode of Truce Be Told, the podcast, Close Calls edition. It was good, right? I thought it was really good. I thought I lucked out with all the storytellers today. They were all like batting a thousand. It was amazing. I'm so, so impressed. So many people have so many good stories. You thought... Oh, wow. Lindsay's hyping this up way too much in the intro. How can it live up to the expectations being set? It did, didn't it? It was good. Um, Wow. You know, I was really nervous when I was uh, curating and uh, creating this episode. I thought, how the hell am I going to find people with close call stories? I I thought that they would be rare. Well, boy, oh boy, was I wrong. So many people have narrowly escaped horrible choices. It's very stressful. 
Um, so I learned what not to do on this episode. And uh, I also learned that uh, Sean Kinley and Tom Colam are the most annoying people to interview in the entire world. I'm glad they were on the show, but oh my god, exhausting. All right, guys, it's time to thank some people because it's the right thing to do. It's the nice thing to do. And uh, no woman is an island, guys. You know, we all need help from time to time, and I am no exception to that rule. Um, This podcast would not be out in the world without my team of amazing people. So let's thank them, starting with, first and foremost, the guests that were on the show today. Thank you to Paul Bates. Ken Gardner, Sean Kinley, and Tom Lamb, and Jamie Northan. You guys were awesome. Thanks so much. And uh, I want to thank Catherine Fogler, who did the podcast photography. Great job. Thank you to Matthew Reed, who made the music for the show. Thank you to uh, Michael Mongiardi, and Cody Crane. They are the guys at the Sonar Network who put this show out in the world. So thanks, guys. Thank you to Kurt Furla, who made uh, the podcast artwork. Great job there, too. Um, Thank you to... Oh, yes, how could I forget? The guy that helps me edit all these episodes, or most of them anyways, Trevor Pullman. He's my partner in crime. He's so good. Thanks. Uh, and, uh, just, uh, remember guys, if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can follow me. My handle is at Lindsomullo. That's L-I-N-D-S-O-M-U-L-L-O. Also, you know what? I'm going to let you know this now. I have a website. Maybe you want to read some lame actor bio or look at my headshots. <laughs> Maybe you have time on your hands and you want to do that. Well, you can now. Go to www.lindsaymullen.com and you can you can read all my stage credits if you get bored enough. All right, guys. Oh, that was a fun one. I really enjoyed that. I learned so much. Had a great time. Even more fun editing. All right, till next time, you guys. Tell your friends about the show. Yeah, I should say that before I go. Tell your friends about the show. Oh my God, word of mouth is everything. If you enjoyed it, please tell other people. And if you didn't, well then, keep that shit to yourself. Nobody likes a whiner, okay? All right, till next time. Bye-bye. has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 